Well, good afternoon, good evening. It's uh, great to be with you. Um, this is my second service for the day, and then later on we have a third. We have a morning congregation in Paul, and uh, as you know, uh, there are multiple congregations, uh, and it's really a blessing that we can kind of cross-pollinate like that, and uh, I wish I could get more guys. Uh, unfortunately, being a Mother's Day like it is today, and a number of things happening, I couldn't bring a team with me, uh, but uh, they are definitely missing out, and uh, so it's really good to be here, and I hope to, in some way, really yeah, encourage you this evening in hearing God, that God is a God who speaks, and He wants to interact with us. I've known uh, Leonard in particular um, when just after high school, pretty much. Né? Did we did we meet while you were in high school yet, or no? I don't think so. So it's it's just wonderful to to see to be part of people's lives in some way. I mean, we're not with one another every day, but to see the journey that God takes with a life, and then molding it and shaping it and walking with the person and remaining faithful, even when we are unfaithful at times, and when we fall and we get up back again, and we struggle through the whole journey of believing God, because if you're any bit like me, we sometimes struggle, no? and we, we, we sometimes feel like that little, what's it, primary school kid with a little daisy, he loves me, he loves me not, he loves me, he loves, and we go through those motions because Walking with God is, 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 is not so clear-cut as all the engineer um, students want it to be. No. Uh, Jay. I've got to have my, my, my jokes right now because there are no, almost no married. I see a few married couples here, but it's, it's a different crowd than normal or than what I'm used to. But we, we want things to be clear-cut. We want things to, to be, you know, this means this, and we can control it, and we are able to to determine what it's going to be like when we do X, Y, Z, and then we get to be with people, and we maybe give our lives to the Lord, and we start walking with Him, and we realize that it's not like that. And uh, we're going to touch a little bit on some of those things tonight. I am married to a lovely wife and mother of three boys, busy boys. I was telling a few guys, my youngest, I'm busy preparing because I'm preaching and uh, so um, we need to give mom a little bit of a rest as well this afternoon. So she's having an afternoon nap, <clears throat> trying to get everything finished. I have Teresa asking me for scriptures. And, uh, <laughs> and, um, <clears throat> and my youngest come and his bicycle's tires are flat. And I said, I can't, I can't fix it right now. And I just see those tears coming. <laughs> and all the other two boys are gone. And so we quickly drive up. Luckily, we're close to a garage. Pump it up. And uh, I drop him because now he just needs to drive down the road to the house. I say, remember, brakes, eyes on the road. I drive down. I need to get everything finished because it's just before three. I need to drive to Stellenbosch. Get in, get all my stuff. I wake Inna up, and Inna says, where's Aaron? I said, no, he's just here in front, riding his bike. Go out, where's Aaron? Aaron's gone. Oh, man. Go and get the car, drive up and down uh, the, uh, our neighborhood. I don't find Aaron. Aaron is obviously cruising somewhere, driving. Like, 
You know, you have to wake up now and go find the, the child. I need to drive to Stellenbosch. Um, please tell me you, find, you found him if you... And luckily, our youngest was found. And uh, so it's been a stressful day today, you know. Um, kind of felt like Mary and, and Joseph. They lost Jesus for three days. I mean, I know some of you sitting here and you wonder, did I lose my salvation? They lost the Savior. So uh, you, you're in good company. I was a 15-year-old high school, and uh, I got born again. It was uh, kind of during this time, April, uh, around about, it was rugby season, I remember in particular. It was a Friday evening. There was a youth pastor. I had a friend that was starting to invite me to the youth service. And so on Friday, about, I think it was for about three Fridays, I'd gone with him. And uh, they had this big Friday festival at one of the shopping malls. Those of you who's, uh, from Pretoria, I grew up there in Gersontein. You know any Gersonteiners? Yeah, right. Now, I was in Gersontein when Gersontein was a nobody church. Ach, not church, school. Now I see the guys are up in the rugby, and it's this and it's that, and it's crazy. But nonetheless, so we get there, and I grew up in a Christian home, maybe like some of you, uh, in some ways traditional, but my parents raised me uh, to love the Lord. I remember as a little boy, my dad said that Jesus is everywhere. So I kind of went on my knees at times in the evening. I would close my eyes, start my prayer, and then... Without Jesus knowing when I will stop, I open my eyes to look around. Where is Jesus? I mean, my dad said he's somewhere, and I always hoped to see him. I never saw him. But nonetheless, I went with my friend to this kind of rally, and there was a bunch of cool stuff happening, and there was this cool English preacher, and he was preaching the gospel. And although I kind of knew of God, knew about God, that evening he preached the gospel. And like many of you, he said, those who want to give their lives to Jesus, you come to the front. And as any typical high school boy, self-conscious, and kind of, this is quite weird. I just put up my hand, and now they call me to the front. And I had all those emotions but the overarching emotion and experience that I had is, this is what you need to do, go to the front. And it was a very logical step for me. It's like, I knew in some way I was over, convinced, I'm, I don't have a relationship with Jesus, I need one. And this guy say, when I go to the front and pray with him, I'll have one. Okay, that sounds like a good deal. I went to the front, no emotion. I had a prayer of surrender. I kind of knew, they said, I'm going to give my life to Jesus. So, kind of theoretically, I knew I was giving my life to Jesus, but I didn't really realize how serious God took me on that giving. And so, I gave my life to Jesus. The next day, we had a big rugby match, and I scored two tries. It's never happened before. This Christian thing works. I was like, I mean, that's what God, Almighty God, Creator of heaven and earth, visible and invisible, He is there to make my life better. And it's working. It's better. 
That Sunday uh, evening, I went to church with my friend, to the church where he was, because we weren't in the same church, and I had an overwhelming experience as a few people prayed for me. I was just filled with complete peace and love, uh, to such an extent that I actually fell over. And maybe some of you have experienced it. For some of you, it sounds weird or so. But I was, it wasn't like I was out of control, so, but it was just an overwhelming experience. And as I laid there, uh, I started crying, and it was this experience of cleansing uh, that I, and I didn't have scriptures and theology, and, you know, I didn't have all those answers. I had an experience with, I believed God, it was living, it was real, and it was happening. And from there, I changed from a foul-mouthed girls in, on the mind Sports crazy, wanting kind of insecure, 15-year-old, changed to girls on the mind, insecure, <laughs> sport crazy, 15-year-old. The foul mouth kind of disappeared. I don't know how that happened. I just, but the rest of it still stayed. I was transformed. <laughs> it's a miracle. <laughs> I'm saying that because the reality is it takes time. And oftentimes we, we want everything to change. Press button, reset, complete, holy. It doesn't work like that. And so I started reading the Bible. I was a non-praying, non-Bible reading Christian, and I changed to that. And I, I was now praying, and I was reading the Bible. And as I was reading the Bible, I was reading about the people of God. And I, I started to get this picture of a God and His people. And the people of God and the, the kind of characters, if you will, the people that was highlighted, they all had some kind of conversation with God at one point or the other. The, the people of God heard the Word of God. I, I saw scriptures where it says, and the voice of God, or the Word of the Lord came to this guy, or uh, they heard the Lord speak. And uh, this, this picture of a God who speaks was being built up for me as I read the scriptures. And I realized, ah, man, uh, I then must hear God's voice. So let me try this. I started praying, and there was a friend of mine, one of my good friends. He was a few steps ahead of me in the Christian walk, and so he already knew Jesus before me. And, and, and I heard that he hears God's voice. I don't know how it came to me, but people were speaking, and he, in a few conversations, used God told me, and then spoke from there. And when somebody says that, obviously they must hear God's voice, because nobody somewhere just says that, no. That's not part of normal conversation. So he must be an authority on the voice of God. I thought, okay, let's make it easy for God. I'm going to ask him a yes or no question. And we start with the most important thing, because remember, God, the creator of everything, holy, almighty, is there to make my life better. I need a girlfriend. I'm bringing you into the common mind, the general mind of a 15-year-old boy. So, there was this blonde bombshell of a girl. I was in love. I wanted God to say, yes. God was going to say, yes. 
but I'm not going to push God. I'm going to get the person who hears God's voice, who says, God says, I'm going to get him. God, it's easy. You don't even have to worry about me. Just say yes or no. I'll do the rest. So I go to my friend. Hasn't God told you anything about me? We must do that. And I see he's frowning a little bit. And I'm like, okay, let's make it easier for him. All the stuff that God says, I just need him to filter. Um, I'm thinking of going into a relationship. What do you think God says? And like a young, immature person who started to hear God's voice says, wait. Like, I saw I had to wait. So I give him a few periods uh, in, in terms of classes, and second break I get to him and say, has God spoken to you? <laughs> Come on, we need to get things going. <laughs> I don't exactly remember what he said, but I remember that I kind of got a, this is a positive answer. So, uh, but it's a good begrijper het halve woord nodig, of hoe sê, it's like, a goeie begrip, a goeie begrip. Ek was a goeie begrijper. I was like, take it, we're going. I said, maybe we need to, you know, I need to be a bit more holy. So I said, Lord, if it's you, show me in the clouds. <laughs> Guys, I kid you not, I saw a yes in the clouds. <laughs> now, I must be honest, if I think back about it, I don't know if I went like that. Yes, okay, yeah, and in, in Afrikaans it's just two, two syllables, or what's it, two, 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 two letters, so it's less than three, so I, I, I get a yeah gekryd also. So I asked her out, it lasted two weeks, oh yeah, <laughs> but I learned that, you know, God can speak and God is not just a functional God. It's not just about, hey God, I want this, give me an answer. And uh, I started to grow from the young 15-year-old that's hormone-driven and that's just girls and sports and all of that, to find that God has got more in his heart than just the girl that I like and should I, should I not? Must I, must I not? More than the, just the yes and no answers. Now I know some of you might be praying that similar prayer, yes or no, Lord. And God can speak. And a number of years later, God did speak to me about my wife. Clearly, that I know that I know that he spoke. And uh, we have been married almost 20 years. In this year, it will be 20 years. And uh, yeah, God's word is faithful. My wife is a wonderful woman, <laughs> for having to be married to me. <laughs> she needs her. That's why she gets to rest today. How does God speak to us? I want to highlight a few scriptures um, to maybe help you. The reality is this, in this evening, I can't give you all the answers. And some of the answers, just like Saul, I think that scripture mentioned in the beginning are so significant because some of the answers will come over time that God wants to give you. Now, I'm probably going to end with this again, but God is more interested and more concerned about the person that you are becoming 
than the answer to your prayer right now. That God's, could I say prayer? Jesus did pray for us. But the prayer of Jesus was about the kind of people that we would become. More than having everything right. Should I go left or right? Should I wear jeans or not? Should I do this or that? More than just the yes-no answers. Although they are important. They are overarching things that God wants to work in us. Maybe like me, you are... You have seen the people of God and, uh, and you've maybe watched The Chosen or some of these movies where, you know, it seems like your God speaks. He's a relational God and you are longing for more than that. And, and you are, maybe there's different reasons why you're not there. And I hope that we can even pray for you um, uh, today, that you would take one step further, one step closer, one step deeper into what God has for you. If you think of the gospel, the evangelie, what, what's, the, what's the thoughts and the images or the, the picture that comes to you? I would, well, let's maybe throw it out. A few words that you would think of when you hear gospel. Let's interact a little bit. What would you say? Let's start with Henry. Relationship. Who else? Hey? The cross. Redemption. That's a big word. What does redemption mean? It's like to pay us back. Right? Well, not to pay us back, but to pay for getting us back. Okay. What else? <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> you said it together again. One, one at a time. Huh? Yes, how are you friends? You, you roomies there, all right. <laughs> True. Okay, there at the back? Reconciliation. So there's reconciliation, there's forgiveness, there's truth, there's grace, there's all these different words. And I think oftentimes we, when, we, when we look at ourselves, we look at diff- a bunch of things that are wrong and it needs to be made right, ne? And that's where the word righteousness almost comes from. It's, it's like to be in right standing. You are now in, a, in the right place. You, you're doing things right. You're in, in right standing with God. And uh, we, I've found that lots of people have like, I'm for, I must be forgiven. And, they, and we end at forgiveness. As long as I don't have sin, I'm fine. Uh, and, and it stops short of what God's desire is. It comes back to the first answer here is relationship. God wants relationship. When the, some of the big images that He used to, dis, to, to explain our kind of relationship with Him is bride and bridegroom. It's father and child. It's these familial kind of pictures that describe a way of living with God. But isn't it interesting that when we become Christians, so often we like, okay, Lord, yes or no? Should I, should I not? And we kind of come to God like very functional, very kind of organizational, very like, or, you know, like maybe some of your classes, the informational. And, 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 and we don't live with God. And when Jesus came... The angels spoke and they said, you shall call his name, what? 
Emmanuel, God with us. And when Jesus left, He left so that the Holy Spirit can be with us. And it is again God with us or in us. And so there's this kind of relationship that where it's more than information, just instruction, just direction. It is relational. And we need to learn how to follow Him. We need to learn how to be with Him. Because as soon as there's relationship, it means that there's less control. I can control information. I can control how much, uh, you know, maybe online or so when, when I want to get instructions. You can control if you want to walk out the class or not, mostly, or if you want to quit the job or not. Or so. But when you're in relationship, like husbands, wives, we were speaking about mothers today. It's, a, it's like you can, a mother is a mother. That child likes her or not, she's bound to that child. You remain, it's your identity. We obviously want good relationships, and it's, as we see the little ones coming, it's becoming more and more. But those kind of things, you want that. And that's the kind of, we are God's children, and we want to continue in that relationship. Um, I need to just pause for a moment here. Something that I felt in the worship, and I, it's, it might be a little bit more um, sensitive, so I'm going to ask if that pertains to you. Maybe afterwards you can just, Carla, I'm going to ask if you will be just available. But um, they were praying for the moms, asking who's a mom here, handing out little um, pet blankies. And, uh, and I, I felt that there's, uh, there's somebody here that uh, you got an abortion. And uh, you feel that you missed it. And there is every time that there's a Mother's Day, it's like, am I mom, am I not? Um, and there's this struggle in your, in your life, and you feel like, I missed it, I missed it. Um, and I feel God wants, to, um, wants you to settle in His forgiveness. And uh, I feel that the Lord wants to heal you. And I know sometimes when something is thrown out like this, it's like, hmm, how do you know if it's true or not? Uh, maybe... Uh, I want to I wanna be careful to the sensitivity of, of an issue like this, and I know this. So if, if you would be bold or courageous and know that God wants to touch you, would you mind maybe just chatting with uh, Carla afterwards and uh, as God will make you free? Amen? Okay, so I hope I, hope I hear right there. Um, I've, I've had it wrong before, like you did with uh, <laughs> 15 years, 50-year-old. But I know sometimes God speaks like those moments, and he, he wants to do that, to touch and to, to heal. So a few things that would help us in hearing God's voice, um, learning to hear. From, uh, uh, it would be to have an understanding of Jesus. And I want you to go to Hebrews, Hebrews 1, verse 1 and 2. And it says there, long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets, if we can just hang there. So I was reading about the Old Testament, and it says, many times, and in many ways, God spoke. It was clear that God was communicating, and if you look at the Old Testament, you see there a clear testimony of that God spoke. And sometimes it was with thunder, with prophets, with 
outright, uh, um, you know, miracles, experiences, big things. And here the writer writes and he says, okay, this is how God spoke. And then he goes on and he says, verse 2, But in these last days, He has spoken to us by His Son, whom He has he appointed the heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. And I want you to, to, to kind of have this framework that your first place of hearing God is looking at Jesus. I think Gruen was mentioning about, you know, just imagine if Jesus was walking into uh, the, uh, the uh, venue here. And there's a reality that Jesus Christ is glorified. He is seated at the right hand of the Father. He is living. He is real. And God is speaking through him. Not just Jesus who walked the earth that we see in the Gospels, but Jesus who is living right now. And God is continuing to speak through his Son. In other words, when you and I consider him, think of him, when we look at the Scriptures and we ask God to build a picture for us of the Son, God speaks through him. He is, in fact, as John writes, the living word. So he's a message in a person. Word living. Huh? It's beautiful. If I can go back to the 15-year-old hormone-driven boy and you want to write a love letter to that girl and you're like, you want to you really express your heart, your, your love, your, your devotion, your everything. A letter just can't do enough. I want to give you a person that will be with you for eternity that will reveal my heart to you. That if at any time you are doubting my heart, you are wondering about my love, you are, uh, you are hesitating, you, He is speaking to you. So through the life of the Son, God speaks to us. It might not be audible. It's revelational. Okay? And so you and I need to Behold Jesus. Have you read that scripture in 2 Corinthians 3? Is it 2nd or 1st Corinthians? But 2nd or 1st Corinthians 3, it says, As we behold Him, we are transformed from glory to glory. This is when we look at Jesus, something happens. I want to encourage you, look at Jesus and you'll hear God. You'll start to get to know His voice. He is the living voice. But then Isaiah 50 verse 4, this is one of those prophets. Uh, and I realized early on that the more I give my ears, the more I give myself to hear the written word or read the written word uh, of God, I get to know God's voice. I get to know the leading of God. And it says that the, this prophet uh, speaks, he says, The Lord God has given me the tongue of those who are taught that I may know how to sustain with the word him who is weary. Morning by morning he awakens, he awakens my ear to hear as those who are taught. And we see here a reference to how this prophet lived with God. Morning by morning. 
Some theologians speak of how Isaiah would have, uh, uh, this, is, this is Isaiah, but Jeremiah also speaks in how Jeremiah for 28 years, every morning, got up, prophesied what he heard God say. And there's this principle of a day by day. There's this principle of the best, in a sense, a morning by morning, but giving ourselves to that Bible that you have in your hands, either on, uh, in, in paper or digitally. That we get to know the Scriptures. That we get to know how He spoke with others so that when we get a thought or something speaks to us, someone speaks to us, we can discern. We know how it sounds, how the, the kind of spirit behind the Word. It was interesting that as I started to learn how to uh, hear God's voice, I, I started to memorize scriptures. And God just gave me a hunger for the scriptures. And so I would memorize scriptures, and, and then I would come into certain situations, and it's just like a scripture would pop up, and I would know what to do. Uh, I, and then I have found how Jesus, some of you would have read in Matthew 4 and in Luke 4, the Bible says that he is, he, the, the Spirit sends him out into the wilderness to be tempted. Uh, that should kind of mess a little bit with some of your theology. Because the Holy Spirit sends him to be tempted. Does that sound right? No, but sometimes there are moments where God leads us into situations that are not that comfortable, inconvenient, and we find ourselves in difficult. And so Jesus is fasting, he's praying, and then at some stage the devil comes, Satan comes to tempt him. There are three kind of main lies or temptations that he brings before him, and we're not going to focus on that now, but Jesus responds to each of those temptations, to each of those lies or attacks was, it is written. It is written. He knew what God's, his father's heart was by knowing the scriptures. Even as a little boy, you remember Joseph and Mary losing the Savior? <laughs> he was in his father's house, the temple, speaking about the scriptures with the Pharisees. He knew the scriptures. It was in his heart. And so when he came to a situation that he needed to know what to do, the Scriptures was a vital part in hearing God. Now, I don't know exactly if that was what the Father was saying, but it was interesting how one of the preachers, one of my pastors once highlighted that Jesus, when He went to, um, He was uh, on His way to one of the cities, and there was a blind man, and He took him aside to heal him. But the way that He healed him was He spat in the ground, made a little bit of, uh, a little bit of clay or uh, mother, mother cookie, and, and he put it on the, uh, uh, and, and then this guy saw. And then this pastor told me, let's go back to Genesis. We were created out of the dust. Of, uh, I thought, that's cool. Now, I don't know if God was saying to Jesus, you know, it would, but Jesus did say, I only do what I see my father do, what I hear my father say. And you, you see these kind of things happen that there is a living relationship, one where we know what God has said, and then 
times where God immediately speaks. Luke 3 verse 21 to 22. Are we doing for time? Okay. Luke says, now, now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him in bodily form like a dove. And the voice came from heaven, you are my beloved son, with you I am well pleased. That is awesome. Uh, you guys are speaking about the baptism next week. And so, I mean, we all want that kind of baptism. It's like uh, that something amazing like that would happen. And it might be or it might not be. But the point is that God wants to speak and affirm something in our hearts. Now, when did God speak there? Let's go to the previous verse. If you can just go back. Just uh, who can tell? No, 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 the, the Luke, Luke 3, just before, yeah. What, what ingredients are there that leads to God speaking, if I can call it that? He was praying. I only saw that the other day. He was baptized and he was praying. God speaks to us while and when we make time to speak to Him. When we pray. And I found many people that they want to hear God's voice and they, like me, go to the guy that says, thus says God, but they're not willing to pray themselves. Because for some reason they don't, they might be afraid about the answer that they're going to get or afraid that they're not good enough, or whatever you know, reason they might be, but they're not praying. Prayer is like breath for you and me who believe in Jesus. It is the way we live. The relationship is found in prayer. Now, there are many sides to prayer, and we're not going to get into that tonight. But the point is that you and I need to make time, need to set aside time where we give our attention, where we give our words, where we spend time in that sense with Jesus. Oftentimes it's while we're reading the Bible as well. But the prayer kind of in the English language is asking. It's when we make time to ask God. You can ask God. You can ask God anything, and He will answer everything. Just be happy with a no. <laughs> because sometimes when we say, and we oftentimes speak, God didn't answer my prayer. And the point is, you just didn't get a yes. Now, He did answer you probably. Maybe not now. Saul, I can, I can imagine, oh God, when is that prophet coming? Can I? Yeah, okay, cool. And he goes and offers. And he did not go according to God's word. He wasn't satisfied with the no. Now, most of you, one day you're going to have children. And you're going to have to say no a lot. <laughs> a lot. In fact, the measure of how good a parent you're going to be is going to be determined how often you can say no. <laughs> you're going to feel so bad. 
Because everyone else says you must say yes. We even have movies. Yes day. Have you seen that movie? Some of you might have. Is it a yes day? Yeah, my children just want a yes day. And, and we get tired of saying no the whole time. But if good parents many times say no to their children, how much more a good God? And we expect God to always say yes. And the parents would know, if you just say yes to everything your child asks, you would ruin them. My, especially my one son, we've got a little tuck shop. You know, we have those bad churches that do business within the church venue. <laughs> we, 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 we wheel and deal there. And uh, my sons are the reason for... You know, uh, lots of money coming into the church. They just want the icy and a sweetie. And I mean, it's, I've just said amen. Ba, 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 ba. Can I get a sweetie guy? Ba, 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 ba. And then, you know, I would say no. And my, my, my middle son, he, he's like a real, uh, he's a gem. So, I mean, he, he had me, like he flabbergasted me. He comes to me one day and says, ba, 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 ba. Can I get a sweetie guy? I say no. He goes, Papa, can I tweak cry? <laughs> I said no for one, but maybe two. <laughs> Tonight, everyone's praying, God, can I get one? And it's going to feel no. Lord, can I get two? <laughs> I thought that, my son, you go for it. I mean, it's like, I would have never thought of asking for more. <laughs> so, <laughs> That's faith. That's faith. <laughs> I think Max like one of those. There. <laughs> but 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 why are we praying? And I, I want to encourage you, pray all that you can. But no, there's gonna come a time when you don't have words. And I do want to encourage you that maybe some of you are not so familiar with with praying in tongues or so, but Something opened up for me when I started praying in tongues. I see in 1 Corinthians 14, I see that there's, a, there's two aspects to praying in tongues. One, there's a, there's, a, there's a gift of tongues that has, like, it's almost like prophecy. It has a message to it. And maybe somebody would come here to the front and they would say a bunch of weird sounds or it sounds like a language and then somebody else will come to interpret it. It will have a message to it and it will be very similar to a prophecy. But then there's the other side of tongues that Paul says, if it's not interpreted, let the person keep on doing it by themselves because they are building themselves up. They are speaking mysteries unto God. And I've oftentimes found that while I'm praying in tongues, I'm not sure exactly what to pray, but I'm praying in tongues. And some gewaarwording, an awareness of what's in my spirit or what God wants to do comes through that. I want to encourage you, pray in tongues. You will start to find revelation and, and have aspects that that your words, your, your Afrikaans word, or your English words, or your Koza, I don't know what languages are represented here, but it's just not sufficient to communicate what's in your spirit. Sometimes you just need tongues, just sounds to go, because your being is praying. Fasting does that. 
Some of you need to fast. You're not getting an answer. I want to encourage you, fast, pray. Praying is dialogue. And uh, maybe I need to some way finish with this last point. So with the word scriptures, get to know how God has spoken. Have scriptures in you that God uses like a sword or like a word in moments. Praying. And then one that not many of you would like is silence. To have time in silence so that you can become aware of your own thoughts, thoughts that are this and that, and that you can start to distinguish and allow God to distinguish what is what. In a, and I think, you know, like I got born again in the late 1900s. Sounds, sounds hectic, but <laughs> I had a, sound like the previous, what if would I get you? But, you know, we didn't grow up with a phone. We came into that. Well, my boys, maybe many of you, you grew up with a phone. That was, it's part of you, and, and it's messages, and it's DMs, and it's this, and it's that, and it's ads, and it's all the different things. And there's just so much sound, and so much, you know, just... Uh, Everything is pulling for your attention. That you need to come into a place of silence and solitude. You need to get alone. There are a few things, and I can't go to the scriptures now, but in the, in the Gospels you see that there's a, a, a sentence kind of like as Jesus often did or as he was accustomed to do. And about three things that he did. He prayed in solitude. He shared the word. And he taught, to, uh, he shared what he was doing, and he was, pro he, sorry, he was silent often, prayer often, and he taught the word often. He went aside. If Jesus, the Son of God, went aside, surely we should go aside to know God's voice. And I want to encourage you to find time. Sometimes it's just 20, 30 minutes or so, but to quiet down. Take a day and let all those weird feelings come up. Because some of you are running away from God. You're too scared to face what will come up when you get quiet. I know of one guy said, slow down to catch up with God. First Kings 19, it was the prophet of God, Elijah. Elijah. And he said, uh, and God spoke, he ran into the cave, he was uh, kind of offended with God, how God used him and uh, the things that happened. And then he said, go out and stand on the mount before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by, and a great and strong wind tore the mountains and broke in pieces the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. And after the wind, an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a sound of a low whisper. And when Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And behold, there came a voice to him and said, What are you doing here, Elijah? Some of your translations, still small voice. 
Some translators speak of that portion where it says it's like sheer silence. You've been in a quiet place where it's so deafening, the silence. And that God oftentimes speaks <laughs> in silence. And it sounds like an oxymoron. Is that the right word now? It's like silent but speaking. But it's uh, becoming aware of what God is communicating to us. Through the word, in prayer, and times of silence. In John 16, he says, it's good for me to go. I need to go because we will send you a helper. My father will send you a helper. And this will be the spirit of truth that will lead you into truth. When we say hear God's voice, we're not speaking about God audibly speaking. Maybe some of you have heard him like that. So, but most of the time it's God communicating to you and me. He is revealing. He is indicating to you his desire. And it comes in different ways, shapes and forms. It comes in a moment that you just know that you know there's something about this comes other times the scripture that you're reading, a person coming, all these different ways. But at the end of the day, is God behind it? Is the source God? Because other religions have similar ways. They've got teachings, they've got prophets, they've got different, but the source is not God. And we want to be found in the source that is God. That will reveal to us. And let's pray. Father, it's my prayer that um, as people are sitting here, everyone has different requests and longings. I do pray, Lord, that they would bring it before you and that you would speak to them about it. I pray, Lord, that we would not settle for just yes and no answers, but that we want to know your heart. And I want to, in one sense, link, just as I'm praying here, link with something that Brad Verena said yesterday about our hearts. And sometimes we get offended with God because He did not answer you the way that you expected. For Saul, Saul had to wait for an answer. Some of you wanted an answer now, yesterday, quickly. Some of you got an answer that you weren't happy with. I wish I could tell you how many answers I've had that I wasn't happy with. But I want to tell you, if God is not allowed to offend you, He is not God. Because we have not made God in our own image. He's made us. He's the creator. He's the one that determines the relationship. He chooses. And so he's allowed to do what he wants to do. He's God. And I want to ask if you would be willing to just surrender your heart if you have been offended. If you, and you know it's wrong, but our hearts still get hurt. And you, in a subtle way, just started to back off from God, to back down. You'll do the church thing. You'll even do the Bible reading thing, but your heart has been removed from God. And that you would be willing to say, Oh, Lord, forgive me. 
I look at the son, his hands are stretched out and he says, come to me all you are weary and heavy laden. All you are trying to do it in your own strength. All you who have tried and you're just not getting it right. And you're just unhappy with how life is. And the Lord's not a genie that He's going to just make you happy, but He's going to settle your heart. He's going to lead you into a journey with Him. Come, just bring your heart before Him. There are a few prayers that I've prayed that I'm praying again. And I haven't gotten an answer yet. If it's not answered you yet, just ask Him, Lord, what do you want me to know about this situation? Maybe your question is wrong. And He wants to take you deeper and shape something in your life that is way more than what you ever thought. Oh, Father, I, man, I've got so much more, Lord, just to say, but I pray that by your Spirit you would come and deposit your heart into each one. May they walk out here and desire you, desire your leading, desire your guidance, desire your voice. And I pray, Lord, that in days to come, Lord, that people would have a witness of the Lord has spoken to me. He's shown me. He's communicated to me. And I'm following Him. Thank you that you want to speak, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.